0: You are listening to Overcomer's Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope that this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. when um, Pastor Kent had shared what God had done uh, with the church, we were just so excited about what God was doing. So thank you guys for having us. And um, I loved what God was already speaking tonight. I felt like even what the Lord uh, shared something with Mike and I during praise and worship. And I felt like it just went right what we were going with with praise and worship and the things that the Lord was saying. So I believe God's got something special for you tonight, and uh, it's just a privilege for us to be here. We love Pastor Kent and Liz and Katie, and then we've gotten to know so many more from Perryville, but now we get the privilege of getting to know you guys. So thank you for having us and letting us speak in the house tonight.
1: Um, You know, there's, there's so much that we have on our hearts that we wanted to share with you. Uh, but the reality is, is that, you know, sometimes whenever we go to different places, we get ministered to so much just by the presence of the Lord and what he's doing. And I'll just say, this is one of those places. And we just appreciate your hearts and your welcoming us here. And uh, just worshiping together, it's, uh, it's amazing how you can be from all different parts of the country, all different parts of the world. And when you come together, focus on, on the Lord, how you find yourself as family. And that's really, it it always, it never ceases to amaze me. And so we just want to, first of all, encourage you that you're in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. That God has so much in store for each and every single one of you. And I can say that because I look at the preparation that God has given us in his word for our lives. The foundations that he's laid for us. The fact that you and I, as it says in the word, that we have the same spirit living on the inside of us that was on the inside of Jesus. Galatians chapter 4, verse 6, Romans chapter 8, verses 9 through 11 all talk about the fact that we have received the same spirit living on the inside of us that Jesus had, which means the same ability, the same capacity, <clears throat> the same influence that you and I can have in this world around us, just like Jesus had. That just, that just continues to amaze me. Every single day I wake up and I, I'm just living in amazement that I am a living, breathing vessel possessed by the living God. Amen. Amen? And, the, and, and sometimes what we do is we, uh, we, we, we get our eyes off of that, that those, those things sometimes. We focus on everything that we're not rather than everything that we are. And because of that, it, it tends to put a limit on our lives. So we want to talk to you t- tonight, this evening, about taking the limits off of God, but a little bit different than what we shared earlier today.
0: And before we get into that, um, I want to say this because we want you guys to get to know us a little bit more. Um, because I think it lends a lot of credibility to what we're saying. Um, because, you know, sometimes I remember growing up and I grew up in a small town, 350 people, a little small community. Uh, and uh, my parents, were, we were farmer ranchers. We had a gas station convenience store, pizza parlor, deli that I grew up doing. And uh, I was the oldest of six kids, homeschooled, and grew up in this little tiny town that, you know, basically had be- is said... You know, you you first we were scorned because we were homeschooled, because at that time, you know, what thirty something years ago wasn't popular. And um so we were really scorned and then we went to that church, you know, probably probably a church like Pastor count And um, you know, we were went to that church, that was kind of strange, you know, and they yelled and they screamed and we shouted and stuff like that. And so anyway, um so and you were told basically, you know, you go to school, you, um, you graduate, you go to VOAG school, you get you know, like your veterinary degree or something, you come back home, you take over the family ranch, and you raise cows and babies. And that's what a lot of people did. And there's nothing wrong with raising cows and babies. But I knew that that wasn't what God had called me to do, because at 10 years old, I knew that God had called me to be a missionary. And so it was figuring out how to know that I was called to something more, but living where I was. And that's, that, is a, that is a unique thing that I feel like so many times we find ourselves in not just my story of being young at 10 going, I don't want to be a VOAG person. I don't want to grow cows and babies. I know I'm called to touch the world and feeling something bigger inside of me, but yet really truly having for years and years a lot of limitations and a lot of just time and seasons if I had to grow up and I had to finish school and I had to do all of those things before all of a sudden I could just be like I'm gonna go and touch the world you know and and then I remember year after year like mom can I go on a mission trip and she's like no and so I got to a point like at 12 13 years old I like my mom is being used by the devil to keep me from the mission field. And so, you know, I was like, mom. And just this, the feeling these restraints, but at the same time going, what do I do in this season? And I really feel like this is a word for the, from the Lord, It's like, how do I do this season where I'm at, knowing that God has more, but knowing that this time is critical, because all of a sudden God started speaking to me and said, I need you to fall in love with me. I need you to put something in your heart. And so here I am, this homeschool girl. We didn't have a really probably good homeschool experience. My mom basically handed us a whole bunch of books and said, do school. (laughs) You hand a sixth grader algebra books and think they're going to be responsible in doing it? It's not going to happen. Anyway, so what ended up happening for me is I ended up spending eight, nine hours in the word of God every day as a teenager. Because it's what I knew to do in preparing for whatever the Lord had ahead. And I'll just say that there's something really special that God is wanting to do in the seasons, all of the seasons of our lives, because there's something ahead. And it doesn't mean we're not doing things that are powerful and great now, but there's still some things more. And so what happens is what what Mike was just saying about this taking the limits off God is how do we come to a place of revelation in this season that allows for us to keep moving and expanding and not just setting limits like, oh, well, it's just not the time, and then we just kind of give up, but being really, really intentional. And so we want to mention, we want to talk about something that, um, it was interesting. We we didn't talk about this in Perryville. So for those of you from Perryville, uh fresh meat. Okay, so... We didn't talk about this this morning, but while we were in worship, I just looked at Mike and I said, I think we're supposed to minister on this. And he said, I got the exact thing from the Lord. And so we want to share something. And it's going to sound really, really simple. And it's actually probably the hardest thing to minister to believers. But it is one of the most powerful, life-changing things that you and I have to constantly be growing in. And it's one of the keys, it's the absolute key to taking the limit off God. If there was one key besides the word of the Lord, I would say this revelation has been the thing that changed my life to be able to step into all that God had for me. Because eventually, yes, I did, be a, I did become a missionary. I was a missionary for 16 years in Russia. That's where Mike and I met. And from that 30 nations of the world and beyond, right? And there's just so much that God has done within that. What was the one revelation that I got that took the limits off and helped me not have excuses? And so tonight, we want to talk to you about the love of God. And sometimes people are like, yeah, love of God. That's like John three sixteen. Did that in Sunday school, got the little sticker, we're good, but actually, it is the one thing that we find that if we can continue to grow in, it changes everything.
1: Now I can share for me um, in, in my history. I grew up, I grew up Catholic. I grew up very, very religious. So it was all about my performance. Um, <clears throat> my uh, I had uh, cousins and uncles that were that were uh, priests and nuns, and I actually went to a school where my father's cousin was one of my nuns, my teachers. And so anything that I did wrong in the, in the school, I, my, my father heard it back at home. And so I'd get spanked at school, and I'd get spanked at home. And it was really amazing. Um, it was very, very strict. So my, my opinion of God was very stringent. It was very strict. It was like, as soon as you mess up, you're going to get the hammer, and you better be careful because you might get both sides of that hammer. And so uh, I took that into my relationship with God as I, when I asked Jesus into my heart. I had an amazing experience with the Lord, both in asking Jesus into my heart and being filled with the Holy Spirit. It was incredible. I lived for the first 22 years of my relationship with God, coming out of the Catholic Church into the Pentecostal Church, but yet still bringing that religion in with me. I didn't have an understanding of how much God loved me. I didn't have an understanding of what he did had done for me and what his love had actually bought for me at the cross it was absolutely incredible when I began to discover these things. It was actually when I was um, just before, just after Carrie and I got married. um, And I had had heard uh, Andrew Womack speak for the first time. He started talking about our righteousness in Christ. And I began to realize that I had, I had not discovered these truths before. And it was incredible. As soon as I began to, re- to see everything that God had done for me, like we talked about a little bit earlier, the fact that the same spirit that lived on the inside of Jesus now lives on the inside of me, which is a result of his love for me at the cross, when he, when, he shed, when, he, he, when he died for each and every single one of us, his love was manifested in the fact that he took away our sin and gave us his righteousness. He, he took our dead spirit, joined with our dead spirit, and all of a sudden we became alive. Not only alive to the things of the spirit, but alive to relationship with God, where we, can, we, can have, we could have fellowship with the Lord, we can have an intimate relationship with God. It was absolutely incredible. And this revelation of discovering how much God loved me absolutely set me free. It began to open up spheres, open up worlds that I began to see. I I started seeing that, how many people know that the Bible says that faith works by love? Amen? Everyone, you remember that? the, The aspect of faith works by love. How many people in here believe that they're called to walk in the supernatural? I hope every single person's hand goes up here. You know something? That happens when you realize how much God loves you. Because your faith gets inspired, your faith grows, and all of a sudden, there's nothing that's impossible for God. And I, started, I began to see those things that, the, that because his spirit lived on in the inside of me, because he loved me so much, the, the word says, like Carrie mentioned this first, John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Man, what a, what a, what a powerful, powerful statement to, to hear and, and to understand. And because of that, God, because of his great love for me, God has given you and I freely everything that we need that, that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Amen? You, I mean, that, it's just a powerful, powerful concept. And all of a sudden, the entire word, the, everything in the word of God, the Bible, is just opened up to you and I simply because we begin to grow in the revelation of how much God loves us.
0: And you know, when we talk about God's love, it's not something that's a one-time revelation. This is, this is what, when we talk about t- taking the limits off God... And stepping into the things, the more that God has for each of us, the more that the word has declared, the promises that have been delivered to us, the spirit of the Holy Spirit who's been instructed to teach us and lead us and guide us into what? It's not just a one-time revelation. It's a continual revelation. And I'll say, I'll say this about a revelation of God's love is that if, and this is we always say this, that the enemy's number one goal is to pervert the nature of God. Because if you don't know who he is, then you never feel safe to follow or surrender. Some people talk about, you know, surrender, just obey. But if you think God's harsh and punishing and dictating or he's disappointed. Because sometimes what we can do is we can get out of religion and think of like, okay, God's a good God. He's a father and he has good things in store for me. And then the enemy goes, yeah, he's that. And he's a good father. But look at you. I mean, he's a good dad, but man, you're a lousy kid. And so what we'll do is we will allow this disappointment lie that somehow God is disappointed with us. I could be more. I should be more. There's more I want to do, but I just can't. And, and then so then we get, because we are disappointed or we believe the lie that God is disappointed in us, what happens is we automatically step back and we can put up a barrier to the next things, the more things, the greater things that God has for us because, well, oh, I'm just going to mess up anyway. And this is what the enemy tries to do, and that's why this revelation of God's love continues to break down those lies. You know what? God is not disappointed in you. That's a big thing because sometimes you're disappointed with yourself. I did something wrong. I've had, I've had journeys in my faith I'll just tell you guys, honestly, I've had journeys in my faith that I was like, what did I do wrong? I know God didn't do anything wrong. What did I do wrong? I know God's word and God's promises are great, but how did I mess it up? Like, I must have done something wrong. I must not have applied the word right. I must not have confessed strong enough. I must not have used my authority. And maybe those things were true. But what I did is I took it upon myself and said, well, then I failed in my faith. And because of that, I step back out of the power of God's love. And what happened is then fear entered in. And then my fear tried to say, okay, I need to do this better. I need to do that better. I need to do this better. I need to put that in order. And I tried to get into, even though I knew God's love and I teach grace, I had let fear kind of come in and think, well, I don't want that to happen again. So what do I need to do to make sure that doesn't happen again? And praise God for God's beautiful, consistent love. Because God's beautiful love continued to minister to my heart in the middle of what I thought was a failure of me. And it wasn't. It was just the lousy devil. It was just an attack of the devil, right? And so I stopped going, oh, I'm not disappointed in God. And I'm no longer disappointed in me. Because I let the love of God minister to me. And what it did is it started to conquer fear that had started to come in. And I started to use my authority because now a revelation, not just a revelation, a continued growing revelation did what? It caused me to have an It caused me to have an attitude, no, the devil cannot do that again. He cannot steal from me in that way. It was not my fault. That was an attack of the enemy. And you actually start the love of God. Not only does that give you that attitude and causes you to be released from disappointment and failure, but releases you to now run ahead in your victory, declaring it over the enemy. That's what I love about the love of God. It, it not only heals and comforts and restores and redeems, but it rises up strong and causes you to have an attitude towards the things that are truly from the enemy. Amen. Sorry. <laughs> you good?
1: <Okay. laughs> this is our son, Michael. So, <laughs> so as Kara shared, that's just so powerful. You know, love changes the way you relate to somebody. When you understand how much you're loved by the Lord, all of a sudden it's not the aspect of going to the Lord and begging Him for for everything that you, that you read about in the Word. It's not about trying to perform and try to, to to prove to Him that you're worthy of the gifts that God has given you. You you understand that you can approach Him because He's wide open. You know, in um in uh, Galatians chapter four, it says that we can come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and grace to help in time of need. When do you need mercy? You need mercy when you make a mistake, don't you? You need mercy when you ask for forgiveness. And, you, and then once you get obtained that mercy, then you can have grace to help in time of need, which is the ability and the power never to, do it, never to do it again. Well, under this new covenant, under the covenant that's, that Jesus has established for you and I, we don't have to run away from God when we make a mistake. We understand how much God loves us, and we run to him. And then in, in doing that, we get empowered by him to walk steadfast according to the word that he's provided for you and I. And there's a bond that happens during that time as we continue to go back to the Lord where we, we begin to, to discover that God's, I mean, my perception of God for years and years that was, God was a, a big, angry, mean old man in heaven with a <laughs> lightning bolt ready to strike me down whenever I made a mistake. <laughs> and I'll tell you something, it's easy to see that when, you, when, you, when, you, when you're around certain people who feel the same way and minister the same way. <laughs> but when you truly discover the power of the word of God and what he's done for us, the excuse me, the power of this covenant that he's given you and I is based in his love for us. It's based in the fact that he's empowering you and I to become every single thing that the word of God has laid out for us. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians Chapter 1, verse 11, it talks about in Jesus. And there's so much in in Ephesians chapter 1 that talks about how it's already complete. Everything's already done in in the word for, uh, that Jesus already accomplished everything for you and I. And in Ephesians chapter 1, it says, it's talking about in Jesus, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who called, who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. So in other words, this was Jesus' idea. This is god 's idea what we 're walking in right now is what he came up with in his counsel and the fact that he 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 conspired basically with himself on how he was going to be a blessing to his children and how he was going to redeem us and in doing that what he does the word says that we actually have received an inheritance, and sometimes what we think is we think we're going to break out of our shells when we get to heaven at some day. You know, When we, when we get the, into the sweet by and by, we're going to know all things. We're going to know him like we're known. We're going to have a complete understanding. We're going to have all faith, have never be sick again, never be depressed again, walk in all joy, walk in all peace, all those things. And that's going to happen in heaven. But why should we wait for heaven? Why don't we walk in what Jesus, through his love, has obtained for us here on earth? Because here's the thing about an inheritance is that you don't receive an inheritance when you die. When do you receive an inheritance? When somebody else dies for you. And Jesus has already died for you and I. That means that since we already have obtained this inheritance, we can begin walking in it right here, right now, in that intimacy with God, in that intimacy with the Father, where basically everything that he has, he's called us, he's given us his name. Everything that he has now belongs to you and I, and it's based in his love for us. I'll tell you guys, that's the most empowering thing that God has ever done for us. He's, he's redeemed us back to himself, now made us fellow heirs with his son Jesus, and now we become partakers of his divine nature, like it says in 2 Peter chapter 1. And we begin walking out all those great and precious promises and those principles of his, of his inheritance that he's given to you and I. And it's all based because he loves you and I. And these, I mean, this is to me. This is this is this will set us free. This is empowering. This is life changing for for our lives. And you know, the gospel message is how many people would agree? It's the greatest news ever ever be, to be presented to mankind. I remember when I first started hearing this message, and and I was and, I, and, and it was it sounded too big, too good to be true. That's actually what gospel means: is the almost too good to be true message. This, this news. It's the good news. And so you think about this, and I remember I'm reading all these things and I'm hearing this teaching for the first time in my life, in my Christian life, about the goodness of God and about how he loves me no matter what I've done before in the past. Now he's called me by name and I have a new inheritance. I have a, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I, I, I'm not the same person I used to be. And there's one big question that keeps on, that kept on coming up to me over and over again, and that question was, Why? Why would God do that? Why in the world would Jesus come to this earth, <clears throat> take away my sin, give me his righteousness, take away all the disappointment and give me his nature, take away my past and give me his future, and bear my sin on the cross. You know you know the one thing that answers that? It's love. Because he loves us. And that's why this is one of the major attacks the enemy will always try to launch against us. Because if he can get you to doubt how much God loves you, you he can get you to doubt the finished work of the cross. All that he has accomplished for you and I when Jesus went to the cross and died for us. You
0: know, one thing that uh, when we talk about the love of God, and it's really important because it's easy, even as um, someone who believes in God's grace and believes in righteousness, that we, that we keep going back to thinking that it's still about what we do. Because the world's love is based off of conditions, right? I love you when you give me a nice house and you help me remodel in the bathrooms downstairs.
1: <laughs> I'm actually working on that.
0: So, uh, <laughs> you love me when?
1: I love you when you cook good meals for me.
0: And uh, I love you if... Uh, you know, my, my to-do list gets done on the weekends or nightly, right? I love you if. I love you if you give me kids. And I love you because you buy me flowers. I don't well, you don't flowers. buy me flowers. He actually doesn't. I love you because you buy me jewelry. He, you can't just say that and walk I away. I know. I'm going to give a... Okay, so when we got married, he says, I'm not going to buy you flowers. And I was like, what? Why? And he's like, I won't do it. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. He's like, it's just, it's foolish. And I was like, okay, but I really like flowers, right? And he's like, no, I won't do it. I'll never buy you flowers. And he said, but I'm a jewelry man. And I was like, who needs flowers? Come on, bring on the jewelry. Okay, so I love you if, I love you when, I love you because. And that's the conditions that the world has placed on love. And then if we break those things or the expectations or even sometimes the unmet expectations, Then you lose trust and you don't feel somebody loves you, or they have to earn it back, and they're gonna have to show you it with if, when, and because to earn something back in your mind. It's the same way you know, you do well, you show up, you do hard work, you get a promotion, right? You get more pay, you get advancement. You You don't show up, your bad attitude, you know, you quit, you steal, you're gonna lose your job. So it's the love of God, the love of the world, the conditions, the blessings are all based on these rules and expectations. And so, so many times that's what we're doing with the Lord. And, and even though the Bible doesn't teach it, we'll put that on ourselves. Well, obviously God loves me more when I serve. And obviously next Saturday when I'm here at 1115, uh-huh. come on. If I'm here at 11.15 on Saturday, obviously God's going to love me. And I was in Russia, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, Carrie, I love you. And I was like, yes, Lord, amen. So I'm studying, and he goes, you know, I would love you if you never came to Russia. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm studying, and he, and then I feel the Lord said, you know, I would love you if you weren't a missionary and you weren't pastoring. So we had started a church. He said, if you weren't pastoring, and I was like, okay? And he said, you know, I would love you if you weren't directing the Bible school and going out to the drug rehab center. And I was like, okay. And I kept thinking, why is God telling me this? And he said, you know, Kate, I would love you if you were back home in Kit Carson pumping gas and making sub sandwiches. And for me, that was like, sounded like death. Like, (laughs) no, oh my gosh, I don't want to be doing that. It's like, you know, I'd still love you if you were there. He said, because you have and I was thinking, Lord, why, why are you telling me this? And he said, because you've started to believe that I love you more based on how much you're doing for me. And I don't love you more because of what you're doing. I love you because I love. And I figured that God was going to use me more and do things more, and he was going to you know, do all these signs and wonders and miracles, and I had this great faith because I was doing all of these things. And God says, you think that... I will, my promises are available to you because of what you've done. My promises are available to you not because of what you've done or are doing. My promises are available to you because I love you. And he said, can you not make this about your love for me, but my love for you? And I was like, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. And I, because I was still thinking that, and I still had all these dreams of how I wanted God to use me, but I had basically limited what he could do based on what I needed to do more. And I didn't even realize that while I was teaching grace and teaching righteousness, I'd gotten into law thinking that God couldn't do more in me. The promises, these extra promises that I hadn't yet started to walk into were only available based on my love and my actions. And God said, Let me show you how much I love you. And that was a turning point for me, not making the love of God a one-time revelation, but something that I, I asked the Holy Spirit, would you continue to show me how much you love me? Because every time he shows me how much he loves me, what do I do? I believe that his promises are now, not future tense. They're present tense They're right now here for me because he loves me today, not because I still need to... Obviously, he'll love me more on Saturday, right? After I show up for, what'd you say, missioning? (laughs) Missioning, I love the word, right? No, that's not... It's because we know he, he loves us that then causes us, yes, to you can love and serve and give and pray and fast, but now it's out of an overflow versus this timid position of what i haven't done and what can't be mine until i do that that's that's a lie of the enemy that causes us to put up these barriers right of expectation because we think well i know god loves me but he'll love me by me doing more of this And if we can get free from that mentality and just be like, Lord, show me how much you love me. Oh, Lord, I'm ready. Then what it does is it so changes you and your expectations and how he fills you that then you step into obedience to these big things. Because you know the love of God is the thing that's in you, for you. And that faith of that love then causes you to step into things that you couldn't do in your own strength and power.
1: You know, the Bible says that we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. And sometimes I think that we get that backwards a little bit. Sometimes we think that we have to be the initiators to actually get God to, to do things for us and show us acts of love and, and things like that. When the reality is, is it's very backwards. You know, we we come to the Lord because he loves us. We're We're standing here together celebrating all that God has done for us because of his incredible love for us. And <clears throat> I've heard this said before. And the christian life is not motivating god to give us more it's discovering all the amazing things he's already done for us and given to us in his word amen i mean that that's the it's all based in how much he loves us it's all based in his nature first john chapter 4 verses 7 8 talks calls you beloved and talks about how we need to love one another or let us love one another because love of, is of god and everyone who loves is born of god and knows god he that does not love does not uh, know God because God is love. That's his nature. That's who he is. And in his nature, he has given you and I so many amazing things. I mean, so many amazing things in his word. He's already prepared and given you and I everything that we need to find success in every area of our life. It's already been provided for. So now we, you and I, have the privilege of discovering those things as we continue to walk with him. When... Um, Carrie and I first got married, you know, she had said, I did, I did tell her that I would not give her flowers. And I, and when, you know, I used to get yelled at all the time in Russia because of that. I mean, Carrie and I were missionaries over in Russia for many, many years. And Russia is years. really big on flowers, it, like really, big, really big. And so when Babushka's grandmothers used to hear that I told her I would never give her flowers, gosh, I even got hit a couple of times. It like,
0: it Who you? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: what kind of husband are you?
1: And so, and, and so they were they were they were consistently <laughs> uh, upset with me. But um, when we first gotten got, in, got uh, engaged, we had a long distance relationship. We actually uh, we met in 2004. <laughs> we knew each other month, face to face for a couple months, and then. Uh, She was over in Russia, I was in America. I spoke quite a bit on the phone. We ended up getting engaged. Um, It's a a long story. It's an awesome story. It's It's a a long story. But we only saw each other face-to-face for four months before we ever got married. And um, prior to the time we were getting married, she was over in Russia, I was in America, and I was still working. And so what I did is I worked a whole bunch of overtime, and I saved up money, and I went out and I bought uh, almost two years' worth of gifts. Jewelry. Jewelry. And and it, and it and it was like, see, thank you very much. I, oh, I feel, you're such a good husband.
0: I, I got <laughs> um,
1: And so what I what I did is, I mean, I I bought I bought diamond bracelets, rings, necklaces, rubies all these, and
0: pearls and emeralds and it was awesome.
1: All all these different things, and I just stored them up. So that because I knew that over time I want to, I want to bless my wife. I, 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 mean, she wasn't even my wife at the time. And yet. it was
0: interesting because I think the mentality. I think you got, a, you've gotten a huge revelation Absolutely. since then. Absolutely. Because he thought, I need to save up a whole bunch of money, get all of this jewelry ahead, because once I become a missionary, I'm going to be poor. <laughs> so he got all this stuff ahead. I've had ahead. a
1: paradigm shift. Yeah, he's then. had
0: a paradigm shift. Praise the Lord <laughs> <So> since then. <laughs>
1: I've gotten a revelation of God's love in my provision, in his provision for our lives. And so, but I bought all these things, and then slowly. For the first year and a half to two years we were married, I'd give her these different
0: things—Valentine's Day, and my birthday, and Christmas, and Easter, and Saint Patrick's Day. I mean, I just started getting jewelry on every single holiday, including and,
1: Russian ones. That's right. And it wasn't because uh, it wasn't because of any other reason, with the with the exception that I wanted to bless her. I loved her. You know, she was going to be my wife. She was going to be the one person I was ever going to walk down the aisle with, and I was excited about that, and we were going to spend the rest of our lives together. And so I remember doing this, and then when I was doing this, the Lord spoke to me. I mean, I was looking at the different things that I had gotten because I had really asked the Lord, teach me, show me what she likes so I can get her the right things. And it was really amazing because, I mean, I'm clueless when it comes to cuts and carrots and everything else. I thought carrots were what rabbits ate, not what, how you measure gold. <laughs> and so, um, and so, I mean, I saved all these things, and I'm looking. I'm, just, I'm like, are you sure, God? She's gonna like this and these these different things. And He said, yes, absolutely. So I, it was really spirit-led during that time. And uh, found out later on, there's a lot of the things that she really had always been asking the Lord for. But <clears throat> the, my point in saying this is that when I was going through this process and doing it, I remember I was looking at these things one day, and the Lord said, and the Lord said. He said, you look at these things and and what you've gotten for her. And I said, yes. And he said, why'd you do that? I said, because I love her. And um, he said, that's exactly what I've done for you. And I said, well, what do you mean, Lord? He said, "He said, everything that you're going to need for the rest of your life, I've already purchased for you. It, it It already belongs to me and I've already given it to you. He said, now I've given you the privilege of discovering those things and unwrapping those things in the word so that you can just... And he said, you know, you know why I did that? And I said, Lord, why? And he said, because I love you. And that's, that's the God that you and I have. Amen. That he has already given everything that you and I need to impact our communities, to impact our workplaces, to totally transform our homes, to change our mentalities, to walk after all the provision that he has for us, to see him clearly like we have never seen him before. It already is there in his word And now you and I have the privilege of truly unlocking and removing the limits off of our life through his love because he's already made provision because he loves us so much.
0: And what's so powerful about the love of God is knowing that he's made this provision and he's given this inheritance, continuing to grow in that revelation, what it does is it keeps us from, from hearing and being distracted by the lies of the enemy because the lies of the enemy always come with a place of fear. Like there's not going to be enough. You don't know what's going to happen in this situation. You don't know what's going to, you know, you got this report. you got this bill. You've got this person that responded to you that way. And what happens is fear will come because we, it's unknown, right? Well, what are we going to do here? And how's that going to look? And how do I respond to this? But this is what I love in First John chapter 4. And I'm going to encourage you. First John chapter four is an incredible chapter about the love of God. And um, when God was taking me through this journey of growing, he said, I need you to grow deeper in my love. Like I was in Russia and I'm here, I'm this 21 year old girl. It's my first time out on the mission field. I'm by myself, walking by faith. Oh, what, are they, what do I have to say to people? And he said, Carrie, I need you to teach them how much I love them. And I was like, well, okay, yeah. And he goes, no, no, no. That's the message. That is the message they need because for them, God was not a good father. He was a harsh, punishing dictator. He was a communist God that was going to take from them and kill them because that's all they'd seen in leadership. That's all they'd been told. First, there was no God. Under communism, there was no God. He absolutely there is no God. And then when all of a sudden there showed up a God after communism fell and the churches started to be able to share God, then people, because they never heard truly the good news, well, yes, there is a God, but man, he's mad at you. And you better get your life in order. And then holiness was drilled into them because he is he's ready to unleash his fury if you do not get your life in order. And that was the religion that I came into. And he said, I need you to show them who I really am. And if you don't have a revelation of my love, you cannot express it. I always tell people, if it's the only thing you know how to share, that's the message. Just sharing with people that they are loved of God. Because if they can know that God loves them, guess what? They'll run to him. And the devil's like, oh, he's just trying to get people to keep from running to God. And what I love here in 1 John chapter 4, it says this. um, In verse 16, it says, I I could keep going up and say, oh, the next one. is No, that verse is that. But we're going to start in verse 16. It says, so we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. It was actually the first phrase I learned in Russian. Bog yes, love. This is the first thing I learned after <laughs> my name is Carrie God is love and it says and whoever abides in love abides in God and God in him and then it goes on to say this in verse 17 by this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence I'm reading out of the ESV that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. And then verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. And there is so much here, but this, this, this dynamic, that perfect love casts out fear. And I'm not talking about your perfect love for God. It's the revelation of his perfect love for us that casts out fear. And we, it was interesting. We were ministering on the love of God one time. And I remember Mike said something and it was like, wow, the spirit of the Lord just said something so powerful. He said, if there is any area of your life that there is fear. Maybe it's about fear of the finances or maybe fear about recession or maybe fear about a kid or, or a grandchild or someone, and a fear about a, a, some kind of diagnosis or health thing or something. He said, if there's any fear in your life, that means it's just a reflection that you don't yet have a, a revelation of how much God loves you in that area. And so whenever I start to get anxious, and, and anxiousness is a sign of fear. Sometimes you're like, I'm not a fearful person, but we can be a worrisome person, right? We can be an anxious person. We can be a, oh my gosh, how, how, and we can be a planner and a controller. Those are kind of symptoms of fear because we're like wondering, how do I fix it? How do I do it? How do I manage it? How do I control it? How do I dictate it? Right? (gasps) Right? And it's a sign of fear. And so I had all those things, but I was like, I'm not a fearful person. But then I realized, no, I am in the sense of I'm letting all of the stuff, these mentalities. And so... What happens is when you realize that you're loved of God, you know what? I don't I don't have to be afraid of what the doctor says. I'm loved of God. God's love isn't just that he loved me. He loved me so much he died for me. When he died for me, what did he do? He shed his blood, and by his stripes I'm healed. So love has healed me. So perfect love casts out all fear, right? God is my provider. God is, he's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, the healer. He's Jehovah Shira, the Lord God, uh, our... Jireh, uh, Jireh, the Lord God, our provider. Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord God, our righteousness. Jehovah Shalom, he's our peace, right? As all of a sudden, no, I know who he is. He's not only love, he's the healer, he's the provider, he's the banner, he's my righteousness. And so if that lives in me, then you know what? I'm not going to be fearful about this. In fact, I'm going to turn around and tell you, devil, right? I'm casting out fear because it has no place because I am loved of God. And what happens is... What, what you do is in that revelation and that growing revelation of God's love, what do we do? We start to have an attitude of faith. That's like what Pastor Kent was saying. We start to have a voice that tells the enemy, who do you think you are? I am the loved of God. Do you know what he did for me? Do you know who he is inside of me? Love lives within me because it's not that he just loves you. God loves you. He's way up there and he loves you. Oh, I love you. No, love lives inside of you. And that has the ability to repel and have an attitude and authority against every attack of the enemy.
1: When we understand how much God loves us, we also understand how much God loves the people that are around us. And that's really powerful to me on so many different levels. Um, if you keep on reading down in verse number 20 of First John chapter 4, After verse 19, where it says, we love him because he first loved us, it says, if any man say, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. That's a powerful statement. For he that loveth not his brother whom he, he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? That's a powerful verse right there. I'll tell you something. When you truly understand God's love towards us, it absolutely empowers us to love the people that are around us. And I tell you, it, it'll yeah. give you the ability to step out and to minister to those people around us. It'll give, it'll make you give you a boldness. Carrie mentioned this earlier. The aspect of uh, an attitude, not an attitude in terms of I'm better than everybody else, but the attitude of. I know how much God loves you and I know that God has a plan for your life. So I'm going to step out beyond my comfort zone and I'm going to act in love and I'm going to speak the truth to you in love. And I'm going to tell you about my Lord, my Jesus who died for you as well. And also if you have a if if you're sick at all, no problem, because I know how much God loves me and he's healed me and I know how much God loves you and His ability to heal you is not based upon my good works. It's based upon his love for you, which never changes. And because of that, I'm going to see the supernatural manifested in your life. When we pray right now, you're going to be healed. You're going to be set free. You're going to be delivered from, from depression. Whatever those things are that are oppressing this world, God has given us an answer in his love. And love actually empowers us to step out beyond our comfort zone and minister to the world that's around us. So you know when you guys are out missioneering next week don't <laughs> uh, don't don't rely upon your ability to communicate well rely upon the fact that God loves that person and tap into that I'll tell you something there will be a boldness that rises up on the inside of you that will change this community because they will see a, a living demonstration of the love of God How
0: many of you have had it where you <laughs> we, we I want to just say this real quick a uh, real example uh, somebody calls you up and they're like can you pray for me And at that moment, you're thinking, oh man, this is a bad moment. I just yelled at my husband. I just kicked the dog. Or
1: or kicked the husband and yelled at the dog.
0: Either one, you know, you just, you feel about as spiritual as a worm in that moment. And you think, I haven't prayed. I didn't even read my Bible today. And they're calling you saying, I need you to pray. I need a miracle. The doctor just told me I had cancer. This just happened. And they're looking to you and you don't feel spiritual in that moment. And sometimes we'll do this routine of prayer, but we don't have any faith in it because we're making it about us. Man, when we make it about the love of God, all the limits are off. Because you know what? This is not about me feeling spiritual. It's about me agreeing with the love of God. We agree right now with the love of God. You are healed and whole. No sickness can come against what you did on the cross. And so we tell you, devil, and you make it about his love versus your spirituality. Man, that'll set you free. Because then you're not constantly putting these boundaries around like God can use me when I become better, when I can be more uh, righteous, when I can, you know, get out of this lust, when I can stop doing these things, when I can stop yelling at my dog and, you know, when I can, you know, you put all these qualifications, like when I start to feel spiritual enough, then God can start to use me. And it's one of the ways the enemy uses us to limit the things of God in our lives. Because we've got to feel a certain way about ourselves for then us to be bold and us to be, and if we're not bold, it's because I feel lousy about myself. I'm disappointed in myself. No, it's bigger than that because it's about the love of God.
1: You know, um, going back to what we said earlier, um, in Galatians chapter five, Paul had mentioned this. He he talked about how neither circumcision nor uncircumcision profits you anything but only that which faith which worketh by love. Now, what he's talking about there is it's not about what you've done before in the past. It's not about how, how much you've dedicated your life or how much you've shown God and, and followed after his law and all the works that you've done. It's about walking in God's love and seeing a manifestation of faith because of that. That's why we can have boldness no matter what we're doing, because we understand that when we pray in the name of Jesus, we're, we're, we're tapping into his love, not our good works, not our strength, not our ability. It's all about what he's done for us. And that empowers us so much. That gets us beyond ourselves. All of a sudden, it's not about what is this person going to think about me? No, it's about where is this person going to be for eternity? How, how, how can they live a successful life right here, right now? And we start, we start leaving our own cares. You know, one thing I, I appreciate about the love, the love of God, is it's not self-serving. You know, we, we read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We understand all these different principles, but it, it, who, the love of God actually takes no account for its own. It doesn't, doesn't consider, what is this going to mean to me? It's all about, what is this going to mean to this person? What is this going to mean to the person that I'm ministering to, that, I, that I'm, I'm encountering right now? What is the impact on their life? That's the power of the love of God. That's what you and I receive when we receive Jesus. But not only did we receive it to walk in that, but we also received it so we can give it out to other people. And that's the power that the world doesn't understand. That's why the disciples, no matter what happened, no matter what came against them, even even unto death, they were not going to compromise what Jesus had done for them, the testimony of Jesus. All the people throughout history who were martyred for their faith, they were not going to compromise because they they had experienced something that the world has no clue about, that the world doesn't even understand. Because the world's love, like we talked about earlier, is all about, you. I love you because you love me. And I'm going to do for you because you've done for me. It's tit for tat. It's it's uh, eye for an eye. But that's not God's love. God's love is totally different. It's all about, I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to sacrifice myself because I have the love of God that's been shed abroad in my heart. And I have the power to love you even when you're not lovable, and no matter what you do to me. One of the things
0: that I love... And... I know we're almost out of time here, but um, John, in the book of John, there's three separate times that John called himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. And so what we do is a lot of times we'll say, you know, there was the, the multitude, there was the 170, and then there was the 72, and then there was the 12, and then there was the three, and then there was John, Right. And so obviously, Jesus Jesus loved him more. Here's the thing. Jesus didn't love John more than anyone else. John got a revelation that he was loved by Jesus. And that's the difference. That's why when it says here in verse 16, so we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. That's something that you can hear all day long. Oh, God loves you. God loves you. But I want to invite you into a journey that the Holy Spirit wants to take. He wants to lead you and guide you into all truth and understanding to know what the width, the depth, the height, and the breadth of the love of God that you would become rooted and established and grounded in him with all the saints being able to know the love of God, which passes understanding. Ephesians 3, 14 through 20, and then he goes on to say that because of the spirit of God within you, you would be able to do what? God wanted to do the the immeasurable, the unimaginable in Christ Jesus. See, what happens is when you get an understanding and you're growing in the width, the depth, the height of God's love, God wants to do immeasurably, exceedingly above all that you could ask, think, or imagine. He's wanting to show off his love. He's wanting to reveal. That's what his love does. It gives you vision for more. It gives you the envision of the impossible. It lets you look at a situation and say, absolutely not, because I know the love of God. My sister got COVID, and she went into the hospital, and she was, you know, she's getting worse over the couple days and over the couple days, and... And so we're praying, and I came in, and I just started ministering the word to her, ministering the word to her, ministering faith to her, ministering the love of God. And she just started listening to the love of God, right? Well, she's getting worse, and she's getting worse, and they intubated her. And they put her on the ventilator, and for 57 days, she's on the ventilator. And she kept getting worse and worse. Her kidneys were shutting down. Her, you know, her blood, you know, they were saying that she's not getting enough to her brain. It was just like all of these things every day, every day the report was worse. Every day they said something more was bad. We could read the reports every day. And I had a a sister who's a nurse and so she could read every single exam, every single blood thing, every, and so, but what they were allowing us to do was still one of us could come in every day and I remember just saying, no, absolutely not. She's loved of God. Absolutely not. And just started declaring, no, she is loved. And because there's power and there's an attitude with the love of God. Right? I remember it was one of the worst days where uh, her husband had signed a do not resuscitate on her. And it was like, no, I mean, I was just like mad at the devil. And I remember I just started, she will, she will live and not die and declare the glories of the Lord. And I taped it to the wall. And I just started grabbing all of these scriptures and taping them to the wall. And then singing, I'll raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. And I'm sitting on the side of her bed just dancing and declaring with my voice, no, you cannot have her in the presence of the enemy. As said the beep, beep, and the, you know all the stuff was beeping. In the presence of all of these enemies, I will raise a hallelujah because she is loved of God. And that's what fueled my faith. The perfect love casts out fear because what? Love was bigger than fear. And I'll tell you, there was fear in that room. It was trying to, but I'll tell you, miracles happen when you put your faith in the love of God. And it was interesting, Um, she gets off the ventilator, she's totally healthy, she's healed, she's out, she's breathing, she's perfectly normal now. But when her kids came to see her, this is what I thought was so powerful. They brought this big sign, and they sent us a picture. This big sign that says, 68 days apart, but nothing separates us from the love of God. And that was what those kids brought in for their mom. And I thought, man, that is awesome. I'm telling you, faith gives you this attitude to raise up something that's bigger than any of your emotions, any lie the devil's telling you. And it takes off limits when everything natural declares one truth. I not should say truth. The natural is declaring all of these facts, but you know the truth. You know the truth of God's love. And that's what's going to keep us from putting these limitations on the Lord and being able to say, I don't know much, but I know the love of God. And that love gives you faith to see mountains moved.
1: I just want to read this really quickly as we close. Um, again, you all know these scriptures very well. This is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. And <clears throat> I just want to say this and preface this when I, when I read this. You know, I used to look at this as a checklist, that this is who I had to be. Um, I, I, I'd read through these things, and every single day I would fail at it in some way <laughs> because I was trying to do it in my own strength. But I want to I show you the love that is for you, the love that is in you, the love of the power of God towards you that is called to equip you to accomplish every single, one, every single calling that the Lord has in your life. It says this: It says, "Love suffers long and is kind. Love envies not. Love vaunteth, vaunteth itself not up. It not itself is not puffed up. Does not behave itself unseemly. Seeks not her own. Is not easily provoked. And thinks no evil. It rejoices not in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails." And I just want to say that to this to you, that this is the power of God's love towards you, and when you receive His love, that's the ability that you receive as well. And as you begin to par- be a partaker of that, you also begin to, through His power, be a giver of that kind of love as well, where it, it bears all things, believes all things, endures all things, it never fails. And so we want to, I hope this encourages you because God wants to do so many things through you. And so many times we look at ourselves and and we see ourselves in the mirror and we see everything that's wrong. We see all of our limitations and God's saying, stop looking in the physical mirror and start looking in the spiritual mirror, the word of God, and start discovering what his love has died to give you and has empowered you to actually accomplish. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible the things that you and I can do, how we can lay down our life, walk after the love of God, and see other people radically transformed because of the the power of God in you and I.
0: So we want to, um, we just want to close, in just a challenge. that is to say, Lord, I want to grow in a revelation of Your love, and I'm not saying that you don't have a revelation in this room. That's not what I'm saying. I have a revelation but I need more, because he's just too big, and he's too good that I've got it all. Amen? (laughs) Praise God, I don't have it all. That there's more, and what that does, as the width, the depth, the height, and the breadth of God's love is revealed, guess what? Then I look at these promises, and I say, amen. They're mine. They're today because I am loved of God. You start to pray for people, and you're like, no problem. People come up and say, can you pray for me? I've got cancer. And I'm like, awesome, praise the Lord. And they're looking at me like, what? You don't say, awesome, praise the Lord, when somebody tells you they have cancer. No, I'm saying, awesome, praise the Lord, because the love of God's healing you right now. We're just agreeing with the love of God over your life right? And what it causes you is, again, you step out of your comfort zone and you start declaring the love of God. And then the boundaries, the excuses, the limitations that the enemy's trying to place on you, you can start declaring the love of God at those things and say, nope, nope, God loves me too much. I don't care what I'm thinking about myself. I am loved of God. And I don't know your story. I don't know the disappointments that you've maybe had with love, the way you were raised, or the expectations you had that weren't met, or the disappointments you felt in yourself. But I'm telling you, the love of God, listen, the love of God will transform anything you let it touch. The love of God, if that's your marriage, if that's communication, if that's your parenting, that's your finances, if that's your past, if that's your dreams that you just let go and you buried, you, you, put a, you put a tombstone on those. Listen, you let the love of God touch them, those things can be resurrected. The love of God will touch, transform anything you let it. And that's what I want to invite you. One last story. When we were in Russia, our daughter was three she was three years old and we were outside and we were walking and we're playing in this little square and it was typical Russia with a huge statue of linen, you know, with his hand out over all the people, you know. Anyway, we were in this little courtyard and we were playing and stuff and, and she saw these rollerblades, which is, was kind of new for Russia at that time. And everybody's doing rollerblades and she's just like, oh, she's just like, I want some, and I was just like, okay, well, we just need to pray, and I just kind of left it at that, and um, so we go home, and our translator, Volodya, stopped by just mid-afternoon. He says, hey, I was just on my way to the office, and my daughter, Visalina, uh, grew out of her rollerblades, and I thought I'd drop them off to you today, <laughs> and Mike and I are like, oh my gosh. and she's just like, ah! and I'm like, look how much Jesus loves you. She was like, ah, she's just so excited. And we're like, look, we prayed and you just said today and look what Jesus did. Isn't this awesome? Well, they were too big for her. And so her little three-year-old heart was broken as she's trying to, you know, do it on down at the bottom of the, our apartment. And we just said, okay, well, you're going to grow into him. You wanted this and look what God did. He loves you so much. He gave you all yeah, but they don't fit he failed me kind of thing. <laughs> and so we're like, no, it's okay. And we'll, we'll figure out maybe we can pack the front of them or something like that. So we have the whole day and it's 11 o'clock at night and the doorbell rings and it's our interpreter, Volody again. And he says, you know, I just was feeling so bad that those did not fit her that I went to the store and I bought her some new ones. But I went ahead and bought her roller skates instead of roller blades, right? Got her skates. And he said, I went ahead and got her a helmet and knee pads and shoulder pads and wrist guards. I went ahead and got her all the stuff. And this is what I loved. She looked at him and she just starts running around and she goes, look how much Jesus loves me. And she just came right, and I thought, man, that's exactly what God's wanting to do. Look how much Jesus loves us. I'm gonna, I'm gonna encourage you, and we've done this with all, like every time we teach on the love of God, every time we do this with Bible school students, every time we travel nations and speak to people, this is a challenge we give them. I wanna give this challenge to you. Ask Jesus, Jesus, show me how much you love me today. Guys, that's not a selfish prayer. That's not you saying, you know, like, I'm, I'm only going to know that you love me if you bless me with something, if you give me something. No, the way God's going to show you his love, you'll know what it means. Whether that's a blessing, it's a word, it's encouragement, it's something, you'll know it. But I want to challenge you to say, Lord, show me how much you love me today. Because if you do that, what you're doing is, it's one of the most powerful prayers you could pray because you're opening yourself to his complete greatness of his nature and saying, Lord, I know it has nothing to do with me. You show me how much you love me. Because as that happens, guess what, man? There's such an utter thankfulness, gratefulness that comes back out of you and you love him. We've heard some miraculous testimonies that people started asking this of the Lord. Lord, show me. Like, Lord, teach me. Let me see it. Let me, my heart be open to it. Not just go through my day not seeing that, Lord, I want to see your love for me today. We've seen, we've heard so many miracles and we've seen so many miracles and testimonies. So that's our challenge to you today because you are loved of God. And if you let the Lord love you, you'll take off the limits because God is not disappointed in you today. He is well pleased and He improves in you. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit International.com.